building NASA's Orion spacecraft with the HoloLens 2. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Shelley Peterson, Principal Investigator for Augmented and Mixed Reality at Lockheed Martin. Welcome, Shelley. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I should say welcome back. Um, but as a, as a refresher for our audience, um, explain how you're involved in spatial computing and mixed reality at Lockheed Martin. Back in, in 2001, I started a small company working with uh, monoculars for special ops. It was a multispectral imaging monocular. And then about 10 years later, um, after I had joined Lockheed uh, in 2003, um, I was pulled back into the spatial computing world, uh, looking at the technology when I lived out in Silicon Valley. And we were really impressed with what we saw and the progression of the technology. So I moved over to the engineering and technology division for the implementation of the technology across our Lockheed Martin space programs. Lockheed Martin is the prime contractor building NASA's Orion spacecraft. What yes. role is mixed reality playing in the spacecraft's construction? You know, we started off with mixed reality for manufacturing. We knew that we wanted to uh, gauge the, the potential of the technology. Manufacturing is a fantastic place to do that because we can very uh, accurately quantify the savings. But we see it being beneficial across the entire life cycle, you know, from the early concept and design phases through um, the manufacturing process into test and operations and possibly even astronauts in space. Why the HoloLens 2? It's fantastic with mixed reality. Um, when we can overlay content in the environment and um, the user interface for the HoloLens uh, 2 is also really beneficial to our teams where it uh, allows them to work in a hands-free manner. They see the content overlaid on the structure. They can interact with that content and interact with, with the device to capture buy-offs and metrics and data. Um, in a much more efficient way, like in some cases, even 90% more efficient. What proof of, of concept testing did you perform to, to help you decide that this was the, the right path to take? And we looked at a number of technologies in both hardware and software. We also mapped the, the use of the technology using the Air Force's OODA loop, the Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. So we look at the decision logic for the technicians the same way that we would look at the decision logic for a commander uh, in the military. Um, we break that down into this Observe, Orient, Decide, Act uh, activity. And when you're building spacecraft, you know, you're not in a massive assembly line in most cases. Uh, with GPS, we're in an assembly uh, process where we're building many um, in one high bay, but in most cases we're building a small number at a time. And so the technicians are needing to work to learn um, and understand that, that process. And when we look at that Observe, Orient, Decide, Act uh, mapping, they would spend about half of the time in the Observe, Orient, Decide portion and about half in the action. We can shrink down that, that interpretation time in a significant way. And I think that's where mixed reality really shows a lot of potential is reducing the, the interpretation time. You mentioned quantifying. What benefits are you seeing from the addition of mixed reality in the assembly process? So we have a number of different types of use cases and we, we categorize those into different bins. One is what I call position alignment, where we need to know where to place objects like strain gauges and heaters and thermistors and accelerometers. And on spacecraft, we have a lot of Velcro and tape. 
um, we can use mixed reality to mark those locations um, in 90% less time. So something that would take eight hours, uh, normally we can complete in 45 minutes. We have activities where normally we would have two or three technicians working two or three shifts to mark the locations of strain gauges or, or uh, click bond fasteners. Um, with mixed reality, we can complete that with one technician in two and a half hours. Now we have other categories of uh, use cases that are more step-based instruction. Um, things like torque applications. Uh, for those, we can complete those in usually 35 to 50% less time. And then in the last three plus years that we've been out on the shop floors, we haven't had a single error um, that has been uh, documented while we're using mixed reality. Uh, we believe we know why. It's just such a fantastic tool to relay the information accurately and efficiently. Um, but it's really uh, starting to show some fantastic potential as a, as a really good error prevention tool. So let's drill down on that. What kind of learning curve did the assembly personnel experience? How well did they make the transition from hard copy work instructions to mixed reality? <laughs> That's the fun part. So we, we very rarely train the technicians on the HoloLens 2 before they start the process. Um, we don't uh, expose them to the technology before we go out and, and start the event. Uh, they put on the device, they see how the content is overlaid in their environment. We give them a few tips on gestures uh, where they can hold their hand out and they have a laser pointing from their hand that they can use as a mouse to click, uh, a few small things like that, and they start working. It's uh, pretty efficient and pretty quick for them to uh, learn the processes with the HoloLens and just start. Certainly everyone I've experienced uh, using virtual reality for the first time was such a big eye opener, right? So what was the biggest maybe surprise the team experienced when you implemented the HoloLens too? Um, they're, they're usually shocked at how quickly they can move. Um, when they're having to work with paper or laptops or tablets with 2D, what I call re rectangular data, um, it takes them um, a bit of time to interpret the data. And you see big smiles on their face when they see a step happen in, you know, animated in front of them, overlaid on the structure, and they know exactly what to do. Um, sometimes it's difficult to get them to take a lunch break. It's, it's hard to get them to stop working uh, because they're just having so much fun uh, getting so much done so quickly. That's quite an interesting problem to have. Can't get them to take a break, can't get them to take lunch. <laughs> so much fun. So what recommendations then can you offer to other manufacturing businesses that, that might be considering mixed reality fabrication and assembly? Sure. Um, you want to start with the right use cases. You want to really do your homework in advance to figure out where it has potential within your environment. And every environment is different. You know, if you're running with a, an assembly line versus um, smaller number builds, your use cases and, and the benefit of the technology is quite different in different environments like that. So understand where the challenges are and what you're trying to accomplish and work to identify the best use cases to prove out whether the assumptions are correct, whether it will benefit in those environments. Um, make predictions on what the savings are in advance and then map to that and see how accurate it is. That also is very beneficial going forward because if you can predict what the savings are um, before you have the technology on the shop floor, there's uh, a nice advantage there. And then when you're working with the technicians, um, make sure they understand that they're part of the solution. 
our technicians are a fantastic resource in helping us to identify where the, the technology can be beneficial. Uh, they understand what their challenges um, are and, and have really good ideas on the use cases that could benefit them. And every time we have a discussion with the shop floor teams, uh, we come back with rich data to work with on where the technology can benefit them. Love that, Shelley, including the entire team and part of the solution. Yes. Shelley Peterson, Principal Investigator for Augmented and Mixed Reality at Lockheed Martin. If somebody wants to connect with you, Shelley, maybe they want to understand more about the work that you're doing. How can they do that? Uh, sure. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm uh, interested in talking to people. Great. Well, congratulations on the work you're doing. And uh, for everybody else, find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching. Thank you.